Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kim Moss. Today, I want to talk to you uh, about a very familiar passage because the place that we have come to is so unfamiliar. We're going to do this series in probably two to three weeks. So uh, get your cup of coffee and settle in and let's talk about this. You know, I, I don't think that any of us have been this way before, and it is a very unfamiliar place in the history of my life for sure, and probably many of yours. I see people around everywhere who are weary. They are heavy laden. They are burdened about so many things. They are frightened. They are angry. Uh, they are offended <laughs> and uh, every other kind of possible thing you can imagine. People are depressed and they feel shut in and they don't know where this thing is going. And you know what? In many ways, uh, when we follow Jesus, we don't always know where we're going, do we? I mean, think about Abraham. Abraham was called to a place that he did not know. God didn't even give him all the details when he called him to that place. He just said, get up and leave your family and leave your home. And so today I want to talk to you about navigating the unfamiliar. It's hard when things get unfamiliar. A lot of times when things get unfamiliar, we get afraid, we get immobilized. But now is not the time to be immobilized. Actually, we need to keep moving forward, which is why I want to talk to you about this. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we find a passage of scripture that is familiar to many of us and we love what it says and we claim it and we proclaim it and we declare it many, many times. I've heard it. I've heard it used in many kinds of circumstances and situations, but I want to talk about it today in our context, in, in our context and in the context that it comes in in scripture. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God is reminding us that we will enter seasons where everything is unfamiliar and changes very rapidly. And this is where we find ourselves. And in a place like that, in a time like that, he comes and he says to his people, I know the plans I have for you. My plans are good for you. They're not going to bring you evil. They're going to bring you actually a future and a hope. And I don't know about you today, but maybe you don't feel like you have a future and a hope with all of this going on in our nation and in the nations. Everything that is just so um, turbulent and constantly shifting. But see, this Jeremiah passage actually clarifies for us how we navigate the unfamiliar. We are supposed to actually thrive in turbulent times. Do you know that? We're not supposed to just survive them. We're not supposed to just hunker down, cover our head, close our eyes, plug up our ears, and, and wait until it's all over. No, we were created for such a time as this. We really were. This passage of scripture is actually for rapidly changing times. 
So I want you to turn with me to Jeremiah 29, 11. If you have a Bible, not all of you bring a Bible when you listen to my podcast, but I'm going to read it out loud for you. And, um, and you know, I'd like you to recite it if you know it by heart, because you probably do. Many of you do. Ready? Here we go. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. It's a very very familiar passage of scripture. But you know, in this passage of scripture, actually context is everything. When you take something out of context, you can actually, you can actually have it mean something it never meant to say. You can, you can actually bring out a meaning that is not really there. You can actually misunderstand what is being said. You know, in our in our day and age, right, we have a lot of things being taken out of context right now be, for exactly that reason, because they want it to mean something differently. They want it to sound different to you than it was meant, and they want you to get a different meaning from it than it actually was, was given to mean. It's important that we don't do that with Scripture, because Scripture is, is God's own word to us. It's His letter to us in which he reveals himself to us and we don't want to misunderstand God. We don't want to misunderstand his promises to us and we don't want to misunderstand what he is saying to us, especially when he's wanting to encourage us. So context is a very important thing whenever you study scripture, whenever you talk about scripture. And you know, even whenever you talk about um what's going on in our lives. So in this passage of scripture, you know, we have used this so many times to remind ourselves that God has a plan to rescue us. It's a good plan. And you know what? It's true. God always has a plan for us to give us a future and a hope. He always plans salvation for us. He is a redeemer. It's who he is. God's promises are always true. They always come to pass. And I just feel, I just can feel it right now. There's somebody, you're listening to me right now and you need to remember that. You need to really settle that issue in your heart. That God's promises are always true and they always come to pass. God's word is true. It is eternal, meaning it's not ending and it doesn't lie. God is not a man that he would lie to us. God is always and only God, and God is always and only good. He never lies. His goodness is not corrupted by evil, jealousy, competition. Nothing worldly or any worldly attitude can change his mind, change his will, change who he is. He's not like us. He's not vulnerable to sin and any of that. He's God. And as we walk through this world and we walk through this life, God is unchanging. He is our constant. And his word is unchanging. It is constant. It is always true. So when God says, I know the plans that I have for you, they're good and not for evil. They're good not, and they're not for a disaster. They're good and they're going to give you a hope and a future. That's exactly what he means. And it doesn't change. However, 
if we don't read it in context, then we don't really know what are the circumstances in which he's saying such a thing. So we have this, this very particular meaning, but there's more to the story there always is. So we need to read before and after. And we have to stay in the word long enough to understand the fullness of what God is saying to us. This is always true. So today, right where you're at right now, I want you to understand that he is saying something more than just that he knows the plan he has for us. He has a plan for us and he wants us to step into it and it has a fuller meaning. And so let's talk about that today. But before we do, would, could we pray? I just feel like I want to pray. So Father, you are unchanging. You are always true. You are always good. You are always just, kind, loving, merciful, forgiving. It's just who you are. You give us grace. You give us yourself. You are always saving and rescuing and providing and protecting. And we thank you so much for that. And Father, I'm asking that right now, Lord Jesus, that those of us, Lord God, who feel like we've been on unsteady ground for so long, Lord God, and we can't seem to find a place to stand, Father, right now, that in, in on the inside of us, on the inside of your people, Lord God, that they would feel secure. That no matter the shaking on the outside, there would be no shaking on the inside, only a trembling at your word because of its truth because of its soundness. Father, you say that we can set our feet on the rock and the rock is Jesus Christ and he never changes and he never moves away from who he is and who he'll be for us, our savior, our redeemer, our everlasting father with everlasting arms whose mercies are new every morning. So we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And we ask God that you begin to open our ears and open our eyes to this wonderful letter found in Jeremiah. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jeremiah 29, 11, you see, is one verse out of a whole letter sent to a group of what is called exiles. You know what? Exile is, you know, exit comes from the word exile. Exit means to uh, to leave a place. Exiles are people who have been, uh, who have left a place. Actually, in this letter, there it's the exiles are the people of God who have been deported from a place. They have been exiled. They have been removed. So the letter is to the exiles found in Babylon. The exiles are the people of God. Babylon, however, is a whole different thing. Babylon was a country, it was a place, it was, it was an empire. And so the letter is sent to the exiles, to the people of God who find themselves deported from Jerusalem, their home country, uh, forced to leave, and they are brought to a place called the Babylon. Well, Babylon in scripture represents a pagan society, which means it's non-Christian, anti-Christian, actually, very anti-Christian. It is an oppressive place. It is under oppressive regime. It's under oppressive government. It's under oppressive uh, spiritual 
domination. And so this place is a place that is opposed to Israel and opposed to Israel's God. Babylon was a powerful and wealthy nation. Babylon was very idolatrous, served many other gods. And, you know, um, we think sometimes that that's not a big deal. But, you know, uh, Paul told us that behind every idol is a demon. So it's a very demonic place. They are addicted to magic. The people of Babylon were addicted to magic. They practice every kind of sorcery and witchcraft. They are profane and sacrilegious, meaning that they, they do things that are very unholy. They live unholy lives and they desecrate things that are holy. They were considered wicked. Isaiah 47 says they were wicked. Isaiah 14 calls them arrogant. Isaiah 47 also calls them securing self-confident people, not confident in God, confident in their own wealth, in their own power, in their own lives, in their own smarts, in their own education. You see what I'm saying. They were covetous. They were oppressive to themselves and to each other and to other nations. They were a cruel and destructive people. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being drug off from your home to a place like that? A place of degradation, a place of desecration, when you are a holy chosen people of God? Imagine living in a society that is unbelieving and narcissistic and materialistic and tolerant of every kind of deviant sexual behavior, intolerant of God's people and Christianity. Oh, hmm. <laughs> in many ways, it's very much like the day that we live in. Sadly, our country is is going, seems to be going in that direction, but I'm telling you, God has a plan. God is moving on the earth right now, and even though we see so many things that are contrary to believing right now, I'm telling you that I'm telling you that I'm telling you, I am prophesying to you right now, God is moving. And that is why we're seeing so much shaking and turbulence. We are being visited by God for a move of the Holy Spirit. All of this is just an uncovering that God is bringing right now. And yes, we are living in a society that is oppositional to our faith and to our beliefs and to Jesus. But God is not oppositional to them in that. It's his desire that there would be a move of God to bring in a harvest of unbelievers and that many would enter the kingdom of God. But living in a place like that for the Israelites, for the people of God, it was not just terrifying. It was unthinkable. They, they actually would be thinking right now, God couldn't possibly be doing this. This could not be God. And then Jeremiah, the prophet who hears from God, writes them a letter, and it's called A Letter to the Exiles. I want to read it to you. So in Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 4, let's read through 14, shall we? Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens, eat their produce. Take wives, have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord God on its behalf for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and do not listen to the dreams they dream for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back from this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes. Gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage. And so we see from this passage, absolutely, yes, this was what God was doing. God was doing this. He had a plan, and in this plan, it was good and not for evil. It was to give them a future and a hope. You see, this word was given to a people who just lost their way of life. They'd been sent to a foreign land, away from their homes, away from the place of worship, to a place completely removed from all that they were familiar with. And God says to them, but I know the plans I have for you. Even in exile, even in unfamiliar places, in unfamiliar circumstances, in unfamiliar times, God has a plan. And so what do we need to know about this? Well, listen, what's exile? First of all, we need to know what exile is. Exile is a dislocation from everything that is familiar. I love what um, Eugene Peterson says about it. He says it's when we find ourselves where we do not want to be separated from our home. Wow. I don't know about you, but in this time, many of us are finding ourselves where we do not want to be. And we're not separated from our home because we've been sent home, but we're separated from what we knew as our lives. Our lifestyles have been completely disrupted. And we don't know what our country is going to look like in the, in the coming years, we feel separated and we find ourselves where we do not want to be. See, exile is, it's great and sudden change. It can be physical change, emotional change, geographical change, relational change. In that change, everything feels unfamiliar and, and it usually feels un. Safe. It can be simple, it can be complex, it can be things like a marriage or a divorce. It can be things like a death in the family, a change in our physical well-being, a sickness, an illness. It can be a move to a different state, like me, just moved to Idaho. 
from a place where I have lived all my entire life. But when God says move, when God sends you out, it's time to go. It can be something wonderful like a promotion or it can be something horrible like a loss of your house, your job, your business, your ministry. Many have lost those things in this time. It can be a government shift. It can be a 9-11 tragedy. <laughs> it can be a global pandemic. It can be geopolitical turbulence and upheaval like we've never known before. It can be a new president or an ongoing presidency. But listen, in any case, an exile is a banishment that has a subsequent new journey that we didn't count on. The leaving is usually forced. It's not something we wanted. It's not something we planned on. It's not something that we, that we were in control of. You see, it's not of our own doing. It's a journey though that, that hasn't, that has like an ending and then it has a new beginning. It's a, it's a new beginning, but it's a new beginning that we weren't really expecting. And, and there's no going back from there. It's actually the way of things on the earth. You know, we find exile throughout, throughout the word of God. Adam and Eve, when they ate the apple, they were then banished from the garden of Eden. They could never return again. It was, it was an ending in their lives, but it began a new journey and a new season of their lives. Abraham, I talked about it before. Abraham was sent out from his family, everything that he had ever known to go to a place that he didn't really know. And God didn't tell him in the beginning where he was going, but he went out faithfully. Joseph, how about Joseph and all his brothers? His brothers were jealous and so they threw him in a well. They threw him in a well and then they rescued him only to give him over to a, to a traveling, a traveling uh, group of people that were selling things when they went from place to place, a caravan, and, and he was sent into Egypt, a place so foreign to anything he'd ever known. And he was a teenager. How about Ruth and Naomi? Do you know that story in the book of Ruth? Everything dies. Their husbands die. Naomi's sons die. They've lost everything. They become, they become um, widows. It's interesting because the word for widow, almana, it means one without a voice. And so they, they, just, they just lose their voice. They lose their place. They lose their hope. They lose vision. And they, they were in a foreign place. And Naomi decides to go back home. But Ruth, she leaves everything to go to this place that she has not known. So you see, exile is the way God sometimes brings a discipline. In some of these stories, it's not discipline, but Adam and Eve, it was a discipline. For the, for the people of God in Israel, they had not obeyed his commandments. And so they were being disciplined. And we don't like that word discipline. It's become sort of a dirty word. In Christianity, but when did we forget that when we are sons, sons of God, when we are children of God, that fathers discipline their children for good, to bring good. Discipline, discipline is not uh, happy for a time. 
It's not pleasant, Hebrews says, but it's for our good. But exile is not always about discipline. Exile is always a way of God bringing about circumstances and purposes that he wills. In other words, in other words, and I want you to hear this before we end this today. Exile, being in a place that is completely unfamiliar, whether it's because of discipline or simply because God is wanting to shift things and bring you in a new direction. Listen, it always has a purpose and its purpose is always for good. God is not cruel. God knows his people. God has a will and he has a way. And he's making a way in the wilderness for us. And he's making a way in everything that is unfamiliar. It is time that we as the people of God begin to understand that when we enter into unfamiliar places, that God is trying to accomplish a new purpose. We are set on a new journey in order to accomplish something new that God has for our lives. And so I leave you with this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and they are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. In this time when we are navigating the unfamiliar, we need to remember Remember this. If you remember nothing else that was said today, nothing else that's said in the next couple of episodes, remember this. There is always a purpose in what God is doing in your life. And even if you don't know what that purpose is right now, it is for good to give you a future and to hope. Now is not the time to lose hope. Now is the time to find our way forward and keep moving in that direction. And with that, I'm going to end today. And I'll see you next time for the next episode of Navigating the Unfamiliar on the Move Forward podcast. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.